Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hand off Adrian to the left. Gets through the line of scrimmage. Bumps it out to the 30. Cuts it back to the 25. Inside the 20. And he's tackled at the 11-yard line. Adrian Peterson will finish eight yards shy of Eric Dickerson's 19. You like that? You like that? Deep drop, steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side. Caught by Diggs. Stay oh, home. got loose. Oh, At the 30. No. 10. Touchdown. Are you kidding me? It's a Minneapolis miracle. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, where we provide you with your weekly diagnosis of everything fantasy football. Whether it's season-long leagues, dynasty, DFS, or even IDP, we got you covered all season long. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast. This is episode 27. Once again, I'm John June. Got my guy, Greg Penniman. It's week yeah. eight. What's good, Greg? How's it going? Week eight. Let's go. You know, this is uh, about the turning time of the season. Uh, Got to get through these bye weeks. A lot of things going on. So we just get right into these news. Uh, a lot of things shaking. Yeah, man. As you as you said, it's 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 week eight. A lot of things they're shifting, man, and uh, a lot of stuff is changing. We gotta we gotta adapt. Whether it's injuries, bye weeks, um, you know, right now this is right now where everyone's fighting for playoff positioning. So it's crucial. Every every week is important. Every every matchup is important. So um, with that, we gotta go to the news because we gotta be informed, fantasy managers. So uh, starting with the Patriots wide receiver core, um, we woke up this morning after the thrashing of the. Uh, the Jets um, on Monday night, but the New England Patriots, I guess they, they said they needed more help, so they, <laughs> they traded a second-round pick to the uh, Atlanta Falcons for wide receiver Mohamed Sanu. Um, you know, people were curious at the time as, as to why, but then we later found out that um, the, today, this afternoon, actually, Josh Gordon, uh, Patriots wide receiver, was was put on IR with a knee injury. Um, so Greg, what do you what do you make of, of of this situation here? Yeah, I, I do like Sanu Mohamed Sanu as a receiver. He's he's a great player uh, over at Atlanta. Always gave you solid uh, production as a football player, but always giving you like low end wide receiver two, wide receiver three numbers. Um, he's definitely going to bring his skill set over to the Pats and help them. Um, they they have a lot of talent coming back. Got Nikhil Harry also coming back next week off of IR. He's eligible to play against the Ravens, um, so yeah, they're they're going to be so deep. Um, the Josh Gordon situation is is very interesting because uh, that technically he he thinks Josh Gordon he thinks he's healthy. Um, there's rumors that he's probably not done for the season, but he's just done for the, with the Pats right now. Yeah, I, I did catch one of that as well. That uh, you know the Pats might waive him when he becomes healthy, um, and you know because he is a free agent after the end of the season. Uh, so maybe the Pats, you know, aren't interested in paying them, uh, you know, but back to Mohamed Sanu, um, you know, this is just, it's, it's like, he's a, he just fits the Pats so well, man. Yeah, definitely. It's crazy because, 
he was in Atlanta, and, and you know, like you said, he was he was a solid wide receiver two, wide receiver three in fantasy. But in terms of actual football, like outside the numbers, like the yeah, statistics, Muhammad Sanu is a great football player. Yep. Um, whether it's blocking in the run game, uh, whether it's you know playing, being able to play like outside wide receiver, play in the slot, um, you know, even the stuff that they have him do. You know, on the trick plays where he's throwing touchdown passes, you know, throwing bombs um, down the field. So, Muhammad Sanu is a really good player. And, and, you know, the thought of him being in that offense, you know, playing with Tom Brady, playing with, uh, you know, great coaches like Bill Belichick and, and Josh McDaniels, you know, the, the kind of creativity that they'll be able to come up with this guy is, is interesting to me. But where do you, where do you, uh, I guess, rank Muhammad Sanu going forward? Like, does he, does this bump him up in any way? Or, you know, are you looking to, to add him, acquire him if, if so? Uh, I think, you know, uh, honestly, if his value doesn't really move or shift for me, I think he's still in that wide receiver, you know, three uh, uh, with some low-end wide receiver two upside because, um, you know, still got to compete with Julian Edelman, uh, guys like, you know, uh, Philip Dorsett, Jacoby Myers. Um, I got to probably see, you know, first couple games to see how they're going to use all all the four of these receivers. Yeah, I mean, I, I – I like uh, whenever receivers switch teams, especially midseason. I I have some pause, um, you know. But I have to every not every situation is the same. You've got a talented player um, in Muhammad Sanu, a very cerebral player, very uh, capable of taking on multiple roles. You know, going to this this offense with with Tom Brady, who I, you know, look how quickly they they were able to get Antonio Brown on the same page. You know? Right. Um, I think that that's possible for Muhammad Sanu, but like you said. Uh, Julian Edelman is there. He's not going to come in, and he's not a Antonio Brown level talent. He's not going to come in and, and you know demand targets. But I think the way this receiver core is set up right now, you've got young players: Jacoby Myers, Gunnar Olszewski, um, Julian Edelman. Obviously, he's banged up like all the time. Um, you know, Josh Gordon on IR. There's you know Ben Watson. You know, was making was out there. You know, getting five targets for them at 36, 37 years old. So I think there's targets available. Um, and I think Muhammad Sanu, you know, slides in pretty nicely. And he was available in some leagues. And, and you know, I, it was it's tough because, like you said, you kind of want to wait. But um, if you have a roster spot, I think the upside is there to add him, you know. Yeah, definitely. I have him on my roster just because he was producing, giving you solid numbers on the Falcons. But, yeah, I'm going to definitely keep him and have him ready to go if uh, – the Pats get them involved early and often. Yeah, no. If you already had them, there's you don't need to do anything. You just yeah. kind of sit, wait, and see. But if you didn't have him and he was on out there on 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 free agency, then that would be the time. Yeah, definitely that I think worth the risk. Make yeah, make if you have the roster spot. You know, if, if you're not playing in shallow leagues, I think that's a a move that you could feel comfortable making. Um, you know. Going, I guess you know we'll jump we'll jump around a little bit, but you know we touched on one receiver getting traded. There was another receiver getting traded, as well as uh, Emmanuel Sanders was traded from the, um, uh, from the Denver Broncos to the San Francisco 49ers. This trade was, uh, San Fran gave up a third and a fourth, uh, and they received from Denver Emmanuel Sanders and a fifth. So um, I know we're gonna talk about what this means for Emmanuel Sanders, but let's I guess what I ask you is. What do you think this means for the guys that you know were are still in Denver now? Uh, so Corlin Sutherland, he was having a, a great year coming. In, I mean, you know, so far this year, uh, I'm 
you know, it's two sides to look at it. It's going to be, is Cortland Sutton going to get now the number one wide receiver matchups, uh, number one cornerback uh, treatment, uh, which means, means he's going to get tougher matchups going forward. Um, so he'll probably maybe the production might go down. Um, or you can look at it as far as there's no one else there, there's no one else to pass it to. Cortland Sutton is going to get a lot of volume. So um, really, I I think, you know, I think his production is going to still be where it is and I think there's still a little more upside. Um but yeah, he might get matched up or a lot more coverage now um, going forward. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's interesting though because I obviously at the start of the season, Emmanuel Sanders was seen as this team's number one receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think as the season started progressing, uh, teams started getting more film on this Denver team. I think the attention started being paid to Cortland Sutton. You know, I mean, because he was getting. Um, you know, started out even split in targets, but then he became uh, Joe Flacco's, you know, favorite target. Right. Um, and he, Cortland Sutton right now, he's on pace for 83 catches, 1,289 receiving yards, and seven touchdowns. Yeah, um, that's, a, that's a really good season. So that's a really good season. Um, you know, a year two wide receiver. Um, you know, I, 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 w- I didn't think this was possible for Cortland Sutton this year because I don't, I'm not a, a huge fan of Joe Flacco. I'm not a fan of Joe Flacco at all. So yeah, I didn't think that he that he was capable of, of take of you know performing despite Joe Flacco. But Cortland Sutton, you know, he's gone Super Saiyan on us, man. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think the guy is here to stay. I think he's a legit wide receiver one, wide receiver two um, that you can start every week. You know, I, I don't I don't see why not. He's done it yeah. every week for you now. So. Yep. Um, but yeah, uh, what about Deshaun Hamilton? Is that does or is there any intrigue there for you? Uh, I probably wouldn't have. Um, I probably wouldn't add him. Might me personally. Um, just not sure what you're gonna get out of him yet. He hasn't done anything for you so far. Uh, it is a spot opened up, but uh, I'm not sure if they're like up as potent enough of a passing offense that he'll also start to eat. Yeah, that's the thing with me too, right? Is that you know Deshaun Hamilton is a great prospect. Um, you know, out of Penn State, he he's profiles very much like Emmanuel Sanders, um, the same way Cortland Sutton profiled very much to Demarius Thomas. Um, and, and you know, both those guys are now gone in Denver, and you know these guys were you know quote unquote drafted to replace them. Um, but Deshaun Hamilton, he's a, he's a very explosive receiver. He's he's very um, you know, shifty in that way that Emmanuel Sanders is. Um, but like you said, I don't know if I want to attach myself to this pass offense. I don't want to attach yeah. myself to Joe Flacco. And I don't know if it's capable of, um, you know, uh, of supporting two f- successful wide receivers. But, you know, Emmanuel Sanders does leave behind um, about six targets a game. So, um, you know, that's... Something to take note of, you know, just be aware of, uh, you know, you never know how, how it could go. But like we said, just be patient um, and you see how it goes. Mm-hmm. But moving forward, we get to the, uh, to you know, some injuries. So it uh, looks like some quarterbacks came back to practice today. Um, yeah, shocking. What would you make of that, Greg? Uh, yeah. Talk, talk about that. It's crazy. Uh, so today, no, Andy Reid, he won't rule Pat Mahomes out. Pat Mahomes showed up to practice today, took some snaps. Matt Moore got most of them, but it's just crazy that he's the, so far ahead of his three- to six-week timeline. 
Um, maybe some gamesmanship by Andy Reid not been revealing that yeah, Matt Moore is the fully the starter yet. Um, but for but this is a uh, he's back you know uh, in a limited session, so we'll see how his situation goes going forward. If they're gonna hold him back or if he's actually questionable to play. Um, Drew Brees throwing that practice today. It's a really good sign. He's right in his uh, four to six week timeline. Um, they have the the bye next week, so. But uh, Champagne and Drew Brees, they, they don't care about that. They really want to get him to go whenever Drew Brees is actually ready. So uh, he might be a true game time decision this week. And uh, also Matt Ryan, he didn't practice today, but uh, you know they're expecting him to play this Sunday against the Seahawks. So uh, a lot of good news for the top QBs, some top QBs in fantasy. Yeah, I just don't see the sense in, in making Drew Brees play or letting Drew Brees play. I know he wants to, and I yeah, know the Saints are the ones so that badly. want to hold him back. Yeah. But the bye is right there. You know, this team is undefeated without you. Just, you know, continue to help Teddy Bridgewater. Um, you know, you, you're playing an Arizona team that you're, you're more than capable of beating. Right. Um, so just sit it out. Just wait. Just go through the bye. Get another week healthy because the last thing you want is re-injuring this, coming back to early, re-injuring this thumb and, you know, missing even more time. So yeah, that, that would just be weird to me. And, and then, you know, it's a very similar situation with Matt Ryan. I mean, he's got a high ankle sprain um, for, you know, a quarterback that doesn't move as much as Matt Ryan moves um, or I guess doesn't move like other quarterbacks move in Matt Ryan. Um you know, high ankle sprain maybe is not too detrimental to him because um, he, he is going to play from the pocket, but they've also got the bye next week. So I don't, you know, why risk that? Um, but, you know, I guess if you, if you're in a one quarterback league, um, you know, uh, you know, make adjustments. Obviously if you had breeze, you've, you've already had adjustments, but um, you know, I guess people have been stashing, stashing breeze. You know, a lot of leagues I'm in, he's been stashed. But, yeah. I, I, um, he's been definitely stashed. If he if he hasn't been, you're picking him up, right? Yeah, definitely. You gotta. He's an instant ad. Just Drew Brees. We're talking about. Okay. All right. So um, let's move forward with some other injuries. The non-quarterbacks. Um, Carryon Johnson was placed on IR yesterday. My heart. The, uh, in, uh, with the yeah, um, with the knee injury, he may return. Um, but why why do you think that fantasy owners should cut bait on Carryon? Yeah. It, I think it's looking like uh, week 16 is when he would probably end up coming back around that time, which is fantasy t- playoff time. That's like fantasy championship season right there. Unless you uh, play in week 17. Yeah, unless you yeah, – I don't know what league you're in if you're playing in week 17. <laughs> but, um, yeah, week 16 is usually the championship in uh, most leagues. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think at that point he would be much used to teams. I mean, there will only be two teams left anyway. Uh, I think it's time – to, to cut bait uh, on that. You don't even need to hold him in your IR spot, honestly. I just oh, did it man. in my roster. Wait, wait. Carry-on's a snip-snip? Carry- yeah, carry-on's. Carry-on's a snip-snip, man. Snip-snip. Damn. Injuries did it, though. Injuries did <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, injuries. Yeah, injuries did it. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm I mean, carry-on was on his way to a good season, man. He, he really he was. was. Um, You know, the production wasn't quite there, but the volume was great, and we know he's more than capable. So this team could just get better. Um, and you know maybe maybe the Lions could could get a wild card spot. They've been playing you know halfway decent football, so maybe they get a wild card spot. And maybe Carry On plays plays this season. You know. Yeah, that'd be that'd um, be great. That'd be great. That'd be it nice, is, but it is a couple two uh, knee injuries in his early season, which is kind of a little concerning, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's the the nature of the position, you know. 
Yeah. The running back position. But um, moving forward, another NFC North uh, player who's uh, on the mend, Devontae Adams. Um, looks like Matt LaFleur says he'll be a game-time decision. What are you doing with that situation, Greg? Uh, yeah, you're you're keeping still an eye on that. Uh, Devontae Adams would just be such a huge plus for you if he can come back at any point. Uh, it seems like he's close, but um, yeah, you, you're still holding on. Um, I think I still have him as, as a buy candidate. Uh, just the moment he comes back, I think the the Aaron Rodgers has been better, so I think he's fiending for Devontae to come back. Yeah, um, I I. I think if you have, obviously, if you have Devontae Adams, you've already made contingency plans. Um, so, I don't know. I'm not going to trust him on his first game back from turf toe. Like, I don't want to take that kind of risk. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially him being a game time decision and they play Sunday night. Like, you know, I don't want to have, unless you have one of the Packers receivers, that's an easy pivot, you know? Yeah, yeah, but for sure. But even then, like, turf toe is no joke. Like, you're not 100%. Um, you know, especially his first game back. Um, yeah, it's just, it would be a, it would be a dicey situation. I have Devonte Adams in a league. I'm just almost kind of just planning on not, I'm like, I'm, I've already planned to not play with, to not play with you for X amount of time. I'm just going to ride that plan, see how you do on Sunday night and, you know, evaluate it from there. But yeah, um, I, I seen the reason for them to rush him back, seeing that the Packers are like five and one now, six and one. Or six and five and two, yeah. yeah. So, uh, I I think they will take him, bring him back when he's fully ready to go. That's a good point too. That's a good point. Um, all right, David Johnson. He was a DMP Wednesday, and oh, man. the the Arizona Cardinals have signed. Is it two running backs now? Alpha Morris, I know, is one of them. And they, um, they they signed Zach Zenner, who the who the, oh, they, who the, the Saints uh, dropped. Oh man, who the Saints recently cut. So, um, yeah, it looks like uh, Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds time, chase it up. Um, yeah, if this is, I guess not good news for David Johnson, but if you're a fair any sooner, good news as far as the clearing up of the situation. If you know, we'll get a series where you know a situation where David Johnson is out before the game he's not just dangling there and you don't know what to do with him it clears up the situation for chase to be a locked in rb1 yeah um i mean the the only question here is this new orleans matchup um you know with a pretty good run defense but you know 27 carries man yeah volume. You, just give me that volume. if i if just give me that yeah you know sign me up i don't care what it i mean i obviously i care what it comes with but you told me i can get 27 carries sign me up Mm-hmm. So, um, if he's getting that that workload all to himself like he did on Sunday, then um, I'm all about it. Even if, like, uh, you know, if David Johnson being as banged up as he is, he wasn't even able to play in a game. He told Chase Edmonds, uh, him and Chase Edmonds said before the game, like, yeah, bro, there's no way you could play running back in a game with your ankle the way it is. Um, and actually, there's something interesting. Apparently, they had an injury to another running back on their roster. So David Johnson wasn't supposed to be active for this game. But on Friday, the backup running back, DJ Foster, apparently was injured and they didn't have a running back to add on the roster. So David Johnson was the backup, which kind of makes no sense to me why you would even make him active and risk him in this game. But uh yeah, so but you know, David Johnson being banged up, um, you know, Chase Edmonds is at least a flex play and if he's 
if he's if he's uh, inactive, uh, Chase Edmonds is an RB one, like no question. Yeah, this is pace of play, all that factors going in. Cardinals offensive line is not bad either. Yeah, they're, they're it's a good situation for him. Um, all right, moving forward. So the Saints, uh, Jared Cook and Alvin Kamara both didn't practice Wednesday, but like we said before, they they uh, cut Zach Zenner. So what do you think this means, Greg? Yeah, it's similar to like kind of the Drew Brees situation. That's this buy is coming next week. You know, you talk about the Saints don't. You know, they they could use this game to win, but they've been undefeated. I don't think it will hurt their overall record. Um, so I don't know what they're gonna do with uh, Alvin Kamara and Jared Cook. Um, I think you got to you know, keep an eye on the Thursday and the Friday practice because, uh, you know, Wednesday I think is still a day where you're still just, you know, holding veterans back, not really rushing them rushing them back. I think Thursday and Friday get a better light of what's uh, who's who's going to play this week. Hoping Jared Cook could play because he's in that, that Cardinals matchup, man. He's got the juicy matchup this week too. Yeah, it's, it's um, man, it's – it's like so tough for Alvin Kamara, right? Because obviously, you know, I'm not going to say anything that the people don't already know, but I feel like this is the worst thing to happen to Alvin Kamara. And like when I say that the high ankle sprain, obviously because he's injured, but secondly, because all we've talked about or all that's been talked about is the Saints don't want to give Alvin Kamara a full workload. Why? Right. Because he can't handle it. He's going to get he's, he's going to get banged up. And look what happens like six weeks into him getting a full workload. You know, or four weeks into him getting a full workload, because this really started with the Drew Brees injury. You know, and you know he's already banged up, so um, that's tough. Because you know, like, do you think there's a possibility that, um, you know, or you think fantasy owners should be concerned that maybe this becomes more of an even split, especially with the the way Latavius Murray showed out on Sunday? Uh I I think at the very worst, it's like sixty forty Kamara, but. I, Kamara's so efficient with his touches. I think he still mm-hmm. um, will give you RB1, low and RB1 numbers. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like you said, like we've seen that before with a with a better player than, than Latavius Murray. Mark, Mark Ingram, Ingram. Yeah, right, right, right. So, um, and Alvin Kamara was still a top five running back in fantasy. So, yeah. I don't think it, it really matters. Um, but, all right. Uh, Jared Cook, yeah, the thing is interesting. So, like, does that make you look at Josh Hill now? Because he he did have a good game, caught a touchdown. Um, yeah, in the game th- on Sunday. I think if Teddy's playing, um, he likes to pass it to uh, the tight end. So I think he does have some intrigue if, if Teddy's in. Um, Drew B's back. I think a little more spread out to all types of people: uh, Kamar, Latavius Murray, you know, Michael Thomas, everybody. Um, um, yeah, for Teddy playing though, I think he Hill has some intrigue. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just uh, Josh Hill's always been so interesting to me. He's such a good athlete, so I've, I've always wanted him to be successful. Mm-hmm. And every time a tight end, you know, the tight end position was vacated in in New Orleans, and it was just Josh Hill, I was like, this is finally the time. Um, so I've I've stopped barking up that tree. So, <laughs> but yeah, uh, Jared Cook. Um, you know, I didn't like him. Um, I still don't really like him. But you know, the way the tight end position. Um, has been especially the last few weeks. It started out strong, but it's been it's been a little rocky the last few weeks. Jared Jared Cook is definitely in play every week. So if you're if you're missing him, um, I know that definitely hurts. Um, all right, moving forward, Tyrell Williams. He was back at practice today. Um, 
what what do you what do you got there, Greg? Yeah, it's good to see him back at practice, getting over that plantar fasciitis. Um, it's a lingering injury he'll always deal with, but see him uh, coming back. He had, you know, off to a very hot start, a lot of touchdowns. So we'll see if um, he can get over that, I guess, that touchdown dependent tag that he's got kind of right now because uh, all his production has come from that. Um, most of his production has come from that. Um, so we'll see how he's incorporated in this offense that's kind of dominated by uh, Darren Wall in the passing game right now. Yeah, I mean, I guess Darren Waller owners don't want Tyrell Williams to come back anytime yeah. <laughs> soon. But, um, you know, I think it would actually be good for this offense because Tyrell Williams, he you know, he is a big receiver, fast. He stretches the field. He, he worked the red zone. So I think he makes more space for Darren Waller because I think, you know, if opponents haven't caught on, I think they're catching on now. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think it would be a huge help for this this entire Raiders offense, Josh Jacobs included. Um, yeah. Also, um, Josh Jacobs, he popped up with a uh, with a shoulder injury today. Uh, he He missed practice. So, you know, what are we making of that situation? Um, yeah, I remember the first time he was hurt when he had when he was sick. It was also a combination of uh, the shoulder or another injury. So uh, I think I would definitely take this injury a little uh, seriously if it's uh, going to aggravate him to tomorrow and Friday. Because the first time he had an injury issue, that's what, like probably his worst game. So, uh, you know, it, it, right now it's Wednesday, so I wouldn't panic too much, but uh, keep an eye on that, definitely. Yeah, um, I think that the handcuff here in this situation would be DeAndre Washington. Right. Um, you know, each of the last four or five, four weeks, five weeks, he's had six carries. Um, the other running back on the roster, Jalen Richard, he had two carries last week. Um, so I th- it seems like uh, DeAndre Washington is the one spelling josh jacobs so if you are the josh jacobs owner or you know maybe you're the josh jacobs owner's opponent this week um you know maybe you could play some defense and pick up uh deandre washington um all right so james connor is expected to play on monday night football against the miami dolphins um so i know we're not excited about the matchup necessarily but um should we be excited to expect james connor in our on our lineups on monday greg uh yeah, I'm good to go. Uh, I would definitely like him. Yo, they playing the Dolphins this week. Yo, that's that's a that's a great matchup. Yo, James Conner about to eat. Yeah. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Um, so that's to be good for him. It's just uh kind of frustrating. Every week seems like he'll be you have he'll have that questionable tag on him. Uh, and you have to you know ha- make sure you have your handcuffs for this this guy definitely. If you need a if you need your handcuff for any running back, James Conner is the one you gotta have him for. Yeah, James Conner is banged up all the time. Um, you know, he's the one person who somehow ends up the Steelers always are ending up in primetime games. Um, but he's like the one who you you have to pick up his backup like yeah. before the primetime game starts <laughs> because he's so good for getting injured during the game. I know. So <laughs> Uh, as soon as that game starts, I would pick up Benny Snell or Jalen. Sam- well, Benny Snell's Jalen Samuels is injured too, so Benny Snell would probably be the way to go there. But yeah, um, yeah, it's just you have to if you're the James Conner owner, especially you have to have Benny Snell, um, and then Jalen Samuels when that situation eventually if it eventually sorts itself out. All right, so moving forward, we got some trusted to trash it. Um, so you know, let's let's jump right to it. So the Cardinals signed Alfred Morris. Uh, so what does this mean for 
for DJ and Chase. Um, so I, there's no question here. So I guess what are we trusting in trash and Greg? I'll leave that to you. To, to uh, I guess so we, we trust in this news that the Cardinals signed Alpha Morris. Um, yeah, is, is, it, is it me really mean anything for those guys? For DJ, I think. Oh, yes. Go ahead. I mean, yeah, I guess I'll, I'll go ahead then. So um, I'm going to trust that it definitely means something for DJ. Um, I'm going to trust that he's not right. He's not healthy. Um, you know, like the fact is we've been saying this all year. Um, David Johnson, one of the most injury-prone running backs in football, uh, playing one of the most injury positions in the running back position. Um, so it was only a, only a matter of time. Uh, that's why you had to have Chase Evans on your roster. Um, but he's been banged up with a, whether it was a back or an ankle. Yeah, um, both. And, you know, last week he couldn't finish the game. Last week he couldn't play the game. Uh, the week before that he couldn't finish the game. Um, and he's, you know, he's not a young guy. So I'm going to have to trust this. I'm gonna have to trust that, um, you know this this is this vaults uh, could potentially vault Chase Edmonds into our, like our arrest of season RB one conversation if if DJ because what if they just shut DJ down you know league winner so league winner of Chase man yeah so what do you what about you Greg what do you what do you yeah I, I definitely gotta agree with that I think I'm trusting this as well um, yeah if how I trusted how. The Saints got Zach Zinner. If uh, teams are going to get more running backs, they're looking at contingency plans. That means we should be looking at some contingency plans. So, uh, yeah, I definitely trust this news. Um, Chase is definitely getting a lot more intrigue day by day. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, all right, moving forward, Emmanuel Sanders, like we said before, he's headed to the 49ers from the Denver Broncos. So now he goes from Joe Flacco to Jimmy G. Jimmy he G. goes from Vic, Vic Fangio, defensive-minded head coach, to Kyle Shanahan, supposedly offensive genius. He goes from 1-6 and six to 6-0. Six and oh. So, Greg, is Emmanuel Sanders now a solid wide receiver too for fantasy? You trust so, him trash or not? Yeah, I, I, I think I'm going to trust this. I, he started off the year pretty well, um, got off to a good start. Then he had two rough weeks where he wasn't involved at all. And then he, you know, came on a little bit towards the end before he got traded. So it's been a little up and down season for him. But I, I think the 49ers want to get their passing game involved. They don't want to be too one-dimensional and just have George Kittle to pass it to. I think they're going to get Emmanuel Sanders involved. He's going to get, I think, you know, they at least, you know, five to seven targets to start. Um, they want to, yeah, they want to get this this man involved. They They put a lot for him, so they want to win. Yeah, I'm gonna have to trust this too, man. Um, Emmanuel Sanders is currently in this terrible Denver Broncos situation. He currently sits as the wide receiver 26. Um, you know, I that's actually much better than I thought it would have been. Right. Um, and he's got some. You know, he's got a, a, a wide receiver four finish against Chicago, um, but outside of that, he didn't finish higher than 19th. Um, so you know, two top 20, two top 24 finishes. Uh, the rest of them, you know, pe- almost pedestrian, uh, one wide receiver, three game. So, uh, you know, this is okay numbers for, for Emmanuel Sanders in, in Denver. And I think he goes to San Francisco. Again, I don't like uh, wide receivers switching, switching um, you know, teams midseason, especially midseason. But uh, one of the things is if they're getting a quarterback upgrade, upgrade like Muhammad Sanu is um, or Emmanuel Sanders is in this case, 
uh, or they and they're getting an offensive scheme upgrade. You know, I have to. I think Emmanuel Sanders does um, stay in the wide. Obviously, he's a wide receiver two now, or you know, right outside a wide receiver two range. So I think he'll you know stabilize in that wide receiver two range going forward. But I think he'll have more of these consistent games as he slides in as the number two target behind. Um, George Kittle in this in this Niners this Niners offense. The other thing that's very intriguing to me about Emmanuel Sanders is the Denver Broncos have not had their bye week yet. The San Francisco 49ers have already had their bye week. So right. Emmanuel Sanders will play a full 17 games in the NFL this season. So oh, if you have Emmanuel Sanders, nice. good for you. Oh, that's cool. A nice little fun fact right there. There you go. Yeah. Um. So... Another trusted trash at the last one on the docket. So Melvin Gordon trade rumors are flying around. So uh, do you, I guess, do you trust or trash that Melvin Gordon is going to be traded by the trade deadline, which is uh, next Tuesday, by the way. Next Tuesday, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a trash this. This is the first trash of the day. Uh, I think they, I think the action price would be too high for teams to want to pull the trigger on Melvin Gordon. Uh, Melvin Gordon, you know, already. I think he he knew he made a mistake not coming into camp. He's not. I think the ready. He hasn't been coming off the good start that you know he hoped he have. Um, so the situation hasn't been helping him. I don't think they are gonna end up trading him. I don't think they're gonna get a good enough offer for him. Honestly. Yeah, I'm, I hate to we we just agreed on all of these, but I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to trash this too, man. I don't. I don't think what the the Chargers are asking for, they're going to get, man. Like you said, the asking price is too high. Yeah. They want a first or a second round pick. No team is going to give up a first or a second round pick for a running back. It just doesn't work like that. They're, the running back position, not valued as much. Um, you, they try to get younger and cheaper. They're not older and more expensive. So um, I don't see, let alone give up a draft pick along with paying a guy like Melvin Gordon a contract. Don't see that happening. So... Melvin Gordon's just gonna have to stick it out in 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 LA with the Chargers. Um, I think it does get better for him. Um, you know, he's got this matchup against Chicago coming up, who you know we've we talked about all season as a as a scary matchup. But you know, the last two games that they've played, both without Akeem Hicks, um, they've gotten tore up in the run game. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a nice little bounce back spot for Melvin Gordon. Um, I know fantasy owners are frustrated. Uh, people are calling for his head. They want more Austin Eckler, less Melvin Gordon. Um, but you know, I think this is a nice little bounce back, bounce back spot for him. Um, all right, moving forward, gets right to these games. We got this Thursday night football. Um, this is a matchup between the one and six Washington Redskins, who are traveling to Minnesota to take on the five and two Minnesota Vikings. This is a forty-one and a half point over/under. Minnesota Vikings are sixteen and a half point favorites. So, Greg, what you got, man? Yeah, this is uh, another game not maybe as interested as, uh, you know, other primetime games. Um, but it's definitely better than that Steelers-Dolphins Monday night game. So, uh, this winner, I'm going to take the Vikings in this game. I think they get it done at home. They're the better team, clearly. I'm going to take the Redskins to cover, though. Uh, to, I think, you know, that that they held their own against the 49ers last week, even though it was maybe a fluke game because of the rain. So, all that could have maybe be disregarded. But I think they hold their own. I think they keep it under 16. And I'm going to take the under in this game. Um, just, you know, low-scoring game. I think, you know, both teams, uh, it's going to be hard for the Redskins to see, I think, think for them to score 
and the Vikings are probably just gonna you know run the ball and control the clock and everything like that. Um, so yeah, uh, really I'm looking forward to uh, everyone on the Vikings side. A lot of people you know out on the Redskins and questionable. Uh, other than Scary Terry, um, that's really who I'm looking at on the Redskins side. On the Vikings side, Dylan's out, so who's gonna be stepping up? But this should be a good favorable matchup for Diggs. Um, and Kirk Cousins should continue rolling. Um, it's coming off two straight four touchdown performances. Yeah, so I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the over. I'm gonna take the Redskins against the spread, like you said, and I'm gonna take the Vikings to win. Um, yeah, like like you were saying, uh, there's nobody on this Washington side um, for, for offensively. AP's questionable. I know he wants to play. I I get it. Um, by the way, did you oh, yeah, repeat right, the, right. like the revenge game action that's going on in this game? Uh, for all for multiple players or just AP? Multiple players. So we got AP, right? AP, if you don't know, got Kurt, uh, longtime Minnesota Vikings uh, running back, mm-hmm. right? Um, he was was he cut? I think he might have been. Yeah, he was cut. He had a team option. That was declined because it was like $17 million. And they were like, running backs don't get paid that anymore. Uh, especially not three down backs. Or backs who are not three down backs. So, uh, AP, you got to go. So, he spent most of his career there. Um, you know, he had that's where he had that historic season where he ran for 2,000 yards. And he was, what, 12 yards shy, four yards shy of uh, of, of Eric Dickerson's uh, rushing, ac- so rushing close. record. Yeah, he was so close. Um, I think he was actually nine yards away now that I think about it. Um and then, um, the, the like you said, Kirk Cousins, right? He was Washington, longtime Washington Redskins quarterback. Um, he was drafted in the same year that they drafted RG three, who was supposed to be uh, the savior for this franchise. Kirk Cousins ended up, um, you know, assuming the starting role for this this Redskins team. Didn't uh, get the contract that he wanted from this Redskins organization. They franchise tagged him multiple years to eventually let him walk for nothing where he signed a you know, $84 million deal for was it three years fully guaranteed with the Minnesota Vikings, which uh, they've, been, they've been flamed for the last few, uh, last, I guess, six months rather. Um, but then there's another angle to this that no one's talking about. What's that? Who did Kirk Cousins <laughs> replace in Minnesota? Oh, Case Keenum. Case Keenum. Oh, man, that's crazy. for the Washington yo, Redskins. Yo, that's crazy. Case crazy. Keenum. The Minnesota Miracle so Case, Case Keenum, man. Minnesota. He gets, the, he gets them the Minnesota Miracle, and what do they do? They say, peace, bro. We're going to go get <laughs> Kirk Cousins. Facts. So, um, you, know, you know Case Keenum. He's got to be... He's got to feel a certain type of way about this. Um, so, uh, but... You know, like you said before, I actually, so you said you're taking the under. I'm actually going to take the over in this one. Um, I know we talk about Minnesota being a scary defense because that's what we're used to. Um, but last week we we talked about how you know this probably isn't a matchup that we, we thought. I was saying it would be Kenny Kenny Galladay. You know, this is a matchup that I'm, I'm not necessarily going to shy away with from with Kenny Galladay. Um, but Marvin Jones was the one that that went off in this one. Right. Um, Xavier Rhodes has not like I know he you know there's that name that he has but he hasn't been great. Yeah, um, he's, and, you he's know, been the same declining. Way, he's been declining, you know, in the same way that, um, you know, like especially for because you know we play IDP right, um, and we see just even 
you know, in a year to year basis, the volatility of the the defensive back position, mm-hmm. um, and how some guys can, you know, have a great year and then have a bad year the next year and then have another great year, or some guys they do it for stretches of time, or some guys like Xavier Rhodes, I guess in this case, or Josh Norman, like we've seen, or Darrell Revis, even all time great, fall off a cliff. You know, they have one good year, then they fall off a cliff. I'm not saying Xavier Rhodes is there. But he has not been the same Xavier Rhodes that we're used to. So I don't think when we see, you know, Minnesota Vikings on the docket that we that we need to shy away from this matchup anymore. Yeah. Uh, because if you look at it in the last in the last five weeks, um, Minnesota's well, Minnesota's dropped in terms of rush defense efficiency as well. But in terms of pass defense efficiency in the last five weeks, um, Minnesota's dropped to. They're 15, right? And they're 21 on the season. So they're getting a little bit better, but they haven't been great all year. Um, but they're giving up 6.9 yards per play in terms of passing. Um, and they have a 46% success rate on defense. So that's middle of the pack. So I think this you know, Washington offense being down 16 and a half, they're going to have to score. And I think there's going to be opportunities because I don't think the, the Vikings have a corner that could run with Scary Terry. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I think he... Guys, a bounce back spot here. Uh, tough week last week. Uh, tough matchup. Tough game as far as weather. So I think uh, this is a good play for him. Yeah, that game was not that game. That field condition was not conducive to like good football. Um, like you said on like you covered on the solo pod. That's something that you know we got to talk about. Um, just as fantasy owners, like we've got to be aware of you know our players playing and and you know the weather, what it looks like. Luckily for us, this Thursday. This game's in a dome, dome um, where the the Vikings they they rock and roll at home, man. They you know they're they're pretty good. Um, so I mean, obviously we're starting Dalvin Cook, um, but you know, like I said last time, Alexander Madison in Vikings wins. Um, he gets seven. He's gotten at least seven carries, um, and in the ones where they've won big, he's gotten double digits. So what are we making about of Alexander Madison's performance this week? Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of my I guess my bold prediction for the week that he he gets in the end zone. I think you know I like I always like those backup running backs or the number two running backs in against like the Redskins or even the Dolphins that'll get more time because this the, the teams would be up uh, favorably enough where they could start giving the other running backs some reps. So uh, I think Alice Madison has has a good game this today. I mean tomorrow night. Yeah, I mean this this Washington rush defense is is definitely beautiful. Um, you know, on the season they ranked twenty fifth, but in the last three weeks, weeks five to seven, they ranked twenty twenty first. So not much better. They're getting up four yards a clip. Uh, this Minnesota this Minnesota rushing offense is um, you know pretty good in in the fact that uh, obviously Dalvin Cook's one of the best running backs in the league, but Alexander Madison is probably one of the best backups in the league. You mm-hmm. know when when. When the Vikings are on offense, or I'm watching red zone, um, and you know Alexander Madison or Dalvin Cook leaves the game, and Alexander Madison comes in, I can't even really tell the difference. It's moving the chains. Not like, <laughs> right? I, I can't even really tell. I can't even really tell the difference. I just look. I'm like, oh, 25. All right, that's Madison. Oh, 33. That's Dalvin Cook. You know, I mean, Alexander Madison's a little bit bigger, but um, yeah, I, I think that's a that's a really good bold prediction. Um, you know, especially you know like. You know, I said it about the the carries. Um, yeah, I think there's a process there, and I think um, you know if the Vikings win big, Alexander Madison, you know, should have a role. Uh, he's only got one touchdown on the season, so 
um, you know, there's a possibility for some positive regression there. Um, but what if you're the Adam Thielen owner? What are you What are you doing? Um, I guess obviously you can't play him, but um, I guess there is really nothing that you can do. But I guess uh, if you're the Stefan Diggs owner, are you are you more excited about this? Less excited? Um, yeah, if you're the Stefan Diggs owner, I think you're you're very happy now. You're very excited. Um, in our league, I know that uh, the owner of Stefan, I mean of Adam Thielen, Nim, he picked up Obelisi Johnson. Uh, that's you know. <laughs> I'm not even gonna attempt to say <laughs> that. That one. was my that was my try. That yeah, it was basically the you know next man up as far as you know who who takes those targets. He got a touchdown last week uh, after you know Adam Thielen had left the game, got eight targets. So I mean you know I think he might be a dart play if you really want to do that. Um, the Redskins uh, have a you know a, a, just a good chance that you know he could do it against the Redskins because they're you know not a good secondary at all. They might not be thinking about him at all, so he might get involved. Um, but that's the only really other option, I think. Yeah, I'm just mad that Chad BB is not around to take advantage of this. Um, no, that's just a, a personal dynasty thing <laughs> right there. He he got hurt week, uh, week back, three. Back. And I was upset. So, <laughs> um, I guess my bold prediction is Kirk Cousins has his third straight 300-yard passing day. Okay, okay. I like Wait, that. Did he, is he straight, coming off three right now? He's. I know he has two straight four touchdown games. I'm not sure his yardage number. Because if he has three right now, then that's not really much of a bold prediction. Oh, yep, he's got three. Okay, so I'm okay. All right, I'll go with what you just what you just said. Three. He'll go his third straight three hundred yard passing day with four touchdowns. Oh man! His revenge game against the Washington Redskins. Yeah. I like that, Captain yeah. Kirk. All right, Captain Kirk, you like that? You, you like, like that? that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right. Um, so, anything else we want to add to this game? Um, I, I guess, like, I guess, obviously, AP question: Will Chris Thompson out? Is there any running back you're looking to in this game in this situation? Uh, on the Vikings side, on the Redskins side? Yeah. Yeah. Nah. No. No. No one. Yeah. No, nah, nah, no one's paying this. I'm not paying attention to no one. I mean... Darius, is Darius Wendell, guys even active? Wendell Smallwood. No, Wendell's not. I can't. I, can't. <laughs> I know you can't, but he's like literally by himself. Uh, the, <laughs> they'll probably be behind early. I know. I was hoping mm-hmm. Scary Terry gets like 10 targets here. And then that's really all they get. That, no. The double, the scary Vernon Davis is not even going to play either, so yeah, he might not be. His, there's really no one. But Wendell Smallwood has passed down chops though from his time. Obviously, we've seen him from his time in 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 Philadelphia. Um, you know, he worked as a third down back for them for a period of time for a little bit. Um, but you know, but now he's here in in Washington. There is an opportunity. You know, there's no if there if there's no AP. And there's no Chris Thompson. That's the first down and the second down back and the third down back both out. I'm not saying that maybe, like, we need to add him. I'm not saying that we need to even start him. I'm just saying that if you are in a situation where maybe your bye weeks are killing you, uh, maybe you're like me in one of my leagues and you – invested really highly in guys like David Montgomery and Miles Sanders who are burning you right now and you don't know whether you want to start either one of them. I don't know. Maybe Wendell Smallwood. I know it's a little dirty. It's a little trashy, but um, 
it's it's not the it's not the worst thing in the world. I don't think. Yeah, I, I don't. You're not. I, yeah, you, you're, I know yeah, you're. You, you can't. I know you're not nah. even gonna touch it. It's fine. Yeah, no, it's no. cool. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna make you come into this island with me. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, if you play Thursday slate DFS, Wendell Smallwood. Okay, there you go. Yep, yep. Probably like a sneaky play. <laughs> all right. Um. Okay. So that yeah, that's all I got. Um. I guess we. I guess we could touch on some. You know, because this might be interesting for people, uh, fantasy owners in their other leagues, but um, the waivers that went down today. Oh, man. Um, $83. $83. A new $83. record. A Todd new record. Todd Johnson uh, in the League of Extraordinary People went for $83 to beat out the season-long, um, uh, season-high of $61 for Wayne Gallman. So, so Greg, um, you know, Jill, she was the carry-on owner in this one. She spends $83 on, on Todd Johnson. What'd you make of this buy? Yeah, usually I'm a guy that's like worth it, but this this I don't think this is worth it. I don't know if this is the way. Um, the next highest bid was fifty one dollars. Um, by uh, Shiv and Ali, eighty three. I mean, she had to get him, so I get spending the money. But I don't know if Ty Johnson is eighty three dollars. Like, I don't know if he's gonna be a league winner or give you at any point some RB top end RB one production. I, I can't see him. You know, getting over that that RB two uh, like threshold, honestly. Yeah, it's tough because the like I I think I felt like she kind of had to do it. Right. You know, eight, I know eighty three dollars is is a lot and it's tough. Um, it just I guess with a player like Ty Johnson, you don't know if the situation is gonna go entirely to him. Right. Right. Like when it was Wayne Gallman, we saw Wayne Gallman get that backfield to himself. Mm-hmm. Um, but her being the carry on Johnson owner, um, she, this is, this is not like you or you or I or another team. And like Shiv already has Dalvin cook and Nick Chubb. He'd be, he'd be adding Ty Johnson to a stable, right? you know, like, but she lost carry on. She needs to replace that, you know? So, um, it, it, Ty Johnson's a good prospect. It's just tough. Cause you know, nobody knows really anything about him. So, yeah. um, you know, I I don't think, you know, what I spent the eighty three. No, I put a bit of twenty seven in. Um, it was still close to. That's like the max bit I could have put in was thirty. So, that's like you know, obviously a significant portion of my budget. Yeah, I, I put um, in all the money I had, left, leaving me a dollar left. Uh, just like whatever. Yeah. I'm gonna try. So, so like we wanted Ty Johnson almost to that level. If if I had, she had uh, Jill had her whole hundred dollars left. Um, and there were a few people in the lead that have a few hundred dollars left. So she's obviously playing that game too of trying to figure out who might, cause, cause Rob, you know, you know, we all talk about, you know, I said this to them and he's like, Oh, Rob doesn't bid his money. And I was like, Joe doesn't know that, you know, this is her first year in the league. Um, you know, you take it. I usually, when I, before I make a bid, I kind of, um, you know, take a survey of the league to kind of see who would be, you know, in the best position or, you know, the most need, to make this to make this acquisition and and how much money do they have left and mm-hmm. you know how much do they typically bid if I'm if I'm you know if I'm a league with you guys I, I kind of know these things so I kind of like you and me we were three dollars apart in our bids so um, you know we we had similar similar thinking and you know not a few people far behind so um, you know we're pretty on on the money so I think if you it depends on your league it depends on the people in your league but uh, you got to make an informed bid bidding uh, informed bid and I think I think that's all Joe was doing here. But um, 
you know, Kenny Stills going for 15. I think that one's that one sticks out um, to me too because um, Kenny Stills. I think he's in a good spot um, going forward. You know, Will Fuller. He's, they said he's going to miss multiple weeks. Will Fuller's done this for a long time. So, what do you think about Kenny Stills' outlook rest of the season? Uh, yeah, I think he, he definitely has some good intrigue. I think he has some upside because in this offense, it's one of the high-powered offenses in the league. They're getting hot uh, as far as Deshaun Watson is throwing touchdowns, throwing for a lot of yardage. So uh, I think you know him and Kiki will be involved. Um, I, I would say, you know, he's some wide receiver three right now uh, for me. Yeah, um Kenny Stills is definitely intriguing. I talked about him when, you know, he initially got traded to the Houston Texans. Um, I think that he fits this offense very well, what Bill O'Brien wants to do, have receivers that play multiple spots. Kenny Stills can play outside. He can play inside. Best part about Kenny Stills is he's got that speed, uh, maybe not to the same level that Will Fuller has, but it's very, very close. Uh, Kenny Stills is a very good deep ball receiver. So I think he naturally slides to that Will Fuller role, which this then slides Kiki Kuti back into relevance now he's playing that slot role and he's healthy right now so um what do you make about his situation uh yeah i think both him and you know stills are both at that that wide receiver three level for me i think stills has a, a lot a little more upside as far as the boom i think he can get a, a game where he gets you you know maybe 25 points one game or something like that so uh, I, I like kenny stills a little more but kiki i think you know can get you a nice little a solid floor consistency yeah, I think, you know, I'm not a huge Kiki fan um, because of the, you know, the the injury history that he has. Yeah, he's always soft hurt. Tissue. Yeah, he's always hurt. But um, the thing about Kiki is that last year um, he was a target monster for, for Deshaun Watson. You know, he right. was constantly getting targeted on these short, these short passes. You know, obviously the... The offensive line in Houston was terrible last year, so these little dump offs to Kiki were, you know, like almost an extension of the run game. But in a full point PPR, that was like that's free money. You know, like ten grabs, he was get he was getting games of 10, 10 catches for like ninety yards. Um, so I think if if that's gonna happen, I think that's something to monitor going forward too, especially if he's healthy. Yeah, know? yeah. Just to add on, Ty Johnson, the the Lions also signed Paul Perkins, so. They got a lot of plans yeah. involved, yeah. So I don't know if Ty Johnson is going to necessarily be the guy. Yeah, and JD McKissick went for eleven dollars in our league um, to Shiv. So, um, you know, what do you make of that buy? Because you know he seemed to get some pass down work in, in the in the game in the last game. He had five five attempts for twenty nine yards. Um, you know, Yahoo's not showing me his pass down work, but um, I know historically in Seattle he he. He's been a he was known for his pass catching ability. So, we make anything there? Uh, yeah, I think you know you can make the argument he has the same uh, outlook as as Ty Johnson. I mean, if you know they want to go to a full committee, uh, get everyone involved, um, and then hopefully rely on the passing game more. Um, so yeah, I think you know, JD McKissick. If you want to put a flower in him. I think he was trying to make the argument that the eleven dollars is probably for JD McKissick was a better value than spending eighty three for Ty Johnson. So uh yeah, it's kinda, you know, the the situation there. It could end up getting fifty fifty touches. Yeah, I could see that happening too. Um, especially, you know, given his ability as a JD McKissick's ability as a pass catcher. This is a guy that was a receiver 
in college that the Seattle Seahawks turned into a running back. So his ability is is in the pass catching game. Um, so something I thought was interesting. I mean, obviously I thought it was interesting because I it was my team that did it. But I I dropped AJ Green today. So um, you know, as snip, I guess snip. an opponent of mine, snip snipped them. I had to do it. Uh, but as an opponent of mine, and I guess as you know, uh, advice to fantasy owners: What do you what do you make of this? Would you advise them to do what I did? Um, would you advise you know somebody to to leverage this situation? Uh, I think yeah. If you probably look around, see if anyone wants AJ Green first. Um, I guess in our case, no, I don't think anyone did. I did that. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure you did that. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and another case, second, if you don't have, I guess if you have the IR spot, keep him there. But if you don't can afford to keep him in say you have like another t player out then it might be time to to uh you know cut your losses with aj green i I just don't know when he's going to be back we talked about earlier is week 10 i don't think he was going to be back um at at this point you know it doesn't seem like there's a there's a defined date for him um so that that might be going into playoff time which you know at that point it's, it's not worth it I know, and it's tough for fantasy owners that drafted him. And I didn't even draft him. I traded for him, um, you know, just thought I was getting, you know, a good deal by low on an injured A.J. Green. Um, but, you know, this has just been, from a roster management standpoint, this has been, you know, you know like not ideal situation to be in because, you know, it's impo- like you, you don't want to cut him because it's A.J. Green, but then, like, you try to trade him, but, like, no one wants to trade for him because he's an injured A.J. Green and, you know, obviously the reports of him not coming back ever, no one really knows. Um, so it just became very hard for me. You know, we have an IR spot in the league, extraordinary people. Um, you know, we also have two flex spots. So it's, you know, it's pretty deep rosters that we have. Um, but, you know, I couldn't, I didn't have the space on my roster to hold him. And, you know, I, I have Cooper Cup, Keenan Allen at receiver. Um, and, you know, the rest, the way I saw it, Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, who I also have, and then Robbie Anderson rest his season uh, with the schedule that we've talked about. I don't really feel like I have the need for AJ Green. I don't have the need to to force him on my roster. Um, but it's tough because there's leagues, you know, without IR spots, and you know, twelve team leagues, ten team leagues, and they're holding AJ Green. Yeah, that's super um, tough. It's 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 tough, man. It's really tough, but. Um, you know, I I I snip snipped them, so you know I think you I could advise you to, I would advise you to do the same, um, but obviously the choice is yours. If you have the IR spot and you can continue to stash them there, do that. But if you know, obviously with the weeks being tough, bye weeks coming around, it's getting tougher and tougher to stash to stash certain players. So, um, you know, I wouldn't fault you if you cut bait. Um, all right, that's it, man. That's all I got. Um, I'm sure, um, you know. Everybody's excited for this Thursday night game, so let's, let's like like let's get right to that Washington. Yeah, sixteen yeah, and a half yeah. point dogs. Let's do it. <laughs> Might be switching um, to the, some some NBA games, you know, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, just so you know, guys, Greg is in like NBA mode right now. So um, if you hear him, you know, throw out like basketball players instead of football players, you know, forgive know. him. Where it you just, just gotta be recalibrate. Like <laughs> ben Simmons, I mean Ben Watson, or something like that. You <laughs> yeah, <know. laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right, man. So, um, as always, this is fun. It's always fun. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Please follow us on, on Twitter and Instagram at FF Diagnostics. 
follow uh, on Spotify, rate, review, subscribe on Apple, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever it is that you're listening to us. Stay plugged in. And as always, we are out. We out.